Welcome to the Working Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Tony of Woodland Iron, joined by Keith of Blackthorn Concepts. And tonight we have David of DW Wood Builds. What's going on, boys? Hi. Just uh, being on my first podcast and looking forward to an exciting evening. <laughs> Sorry to let you down, but <laughs> <laughs> excitement is not going to be high. <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be fun. I'd like to start the show off by thanking our sponsor, Sabretooth. If you go to sabretooth.com, you can use code WH and save 10% on all your power carving burrs, discs, buzz out wheels, whatever you want to get over there. Um, I use them. I stand behind them. You should too. And I'll take a moment to shout out our guy at Maritime Knife Supply. Um, your one-stop shop for makers. Looks like he uh, just got himself another order of 15 and 20 in. So if anybody's looking for that, he says he's got uh, 2,500 feet of 0.065 and 0.049. So all kinds of stuff there for, for for you knife makers. So what is going on, David? Well, there's this podcast that I listen to, and they've got this challenge going on, Make What You Fear. You might be aware of it, Keith. I've heard of it. Yeah, Yeah. I've heard of this. It sounds uh, sounds interesting. So I did not do it last year, and this year I'm like, I am doing this. And so I'm working on a, what I'm referring to as a cowboy camp cook set. So forging a tripod, trammel hook. Uh, skillet, uh, spatula, whatever I can get done before time runs out. So, so far I've got the tripod done. I've got the trammel hook finished, uh, made tooling for the skillet. I bought a three skillet blanks from Roy over at Christ Centered Ironworks because I Mm -hmm. know I will screw up at least one of them. Yeah, uh, that's 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 usually the way it goes. Is the first one either goes pretty well or it just goes horribly, horribly wrong. So I've got two backups. Uh, so I'm hoping this weekend to be trying to forge my first skillet. That's fantastic. So all of this, all, everything I'm making, I've never made before. So awesome. I've, it's it has gotten a little scary a few times. <laughs> So but what so I'm far, he- no major disasters. So what I'm hearing is a two-month window is a pretty good window to make a lot of blacksmithing stuff, right? Yeah. That's what I'm hearing? Yeah, but let I me mean, explain my I, I, situation. I mean, yeah, yeah, but if you were just making a, um, what, like, well, let's just say, I'm pulling this off the top of my head here, but a workout mace. Right, just a oh, oh, I just a bar, just a yeah. bar, just a bar with a ball on the end. You oh, could probably oh, yeah. get that done. Made, by now, I, by now, I would have made it about fifteen of them. Ah, okay, All right. yeah. All right. if that, just yeah, that, just, just answering checking. your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it, back to you. Explain your situation. I, I so, want to know. Oh, I do not have a shop. My quote shop is my back patio, so I am very weather dependent. So if it's rainy or 20 degrees i am not forging i hear uh, that <laughs> and we've been getting a lot of rain so even with all that i'm getting a lot done 
you know, even with all of that, I'd have to say I probably would have at least made seven maces by now. I wonder, I wonder how much you could do if you had like a 12 by 12 shop out back. Oh my goodness. It would. With an anvil right in the center. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've got a coal forge and so I'd have a coal forge there plus my propane. What if you work shift work and you had like four days off every week? You know what? That. I can't even, I don't think I could count that high of the amount of stuff I would get done in that situation. Yeah. yeah. I wonder. Anyway, Tony, what do you, it's a hobby for a reason, boys. (laughs) Go there when I want to. Uh, We're picking on you, Tony. We love you. Someday I'll get it done. Might be March when I get it done, but it'll get done. I know it. Well, like like I said, last year I didn't compete, and I was going to compete in the, uh, what is it, the Maker Central Mallet Challenge. So I sat down and sketched up a couple of uh, swappable head mallet designs and just could not get past the design stage and actually start making something. So I, I understand Tony, it, I completely understand. And sometimes it's just like you're not feeling it, and if you're not feeling it, it's hard to to do something. Yeah, right. Well, I I really do want to do this project, but it, I just got to get to my supplier and then deal with him and see what uh, see what they have that would be usable for what I want to do. But I have a plan B that would probably be a welding project that will work as well. But we'll see. It's uh. I want to do it as a forging project, so I got to sort that out. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to see how you do this. Keith's just loving it. He's like, oh, dance, he dance, puppets, dance. <laughs> yes, it's like two people having a nice conversation, and Keith comes by and tosses a snake on the table and just stands back and watches and laughs. That's what I'm good for. <laughs> yeah. I knew what was coming the second you started. I was like, oh, here we go. The guy who's got his stuff done already. Well, you know. Well, I mean, he only made a pickleball paddle. I mean, it's not like he made anything very significant or challenging. So, You are correct. (laughs) (laughs) So, what big things are coming up with you guys? I mean, I'm going to workbench con here in a few weeks that's just because that's an easy event for me to go to it's here in the atlanta area so you do you actually get a ticket or you just go hang out uh i i buy a ticket uh you do and i it's 40 miles away but i go ahead and get a the hotel room there too that just smart. makes hanging out and everything so much easier and i'm not dealing with atlanta's wonderful traffic yeah what are you looking forward to down there Looking Anything? forward to uh, Chris Zepp's talk. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be talking about really how to work with, how to engage and work with uh, sponsors. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Izzy Swan and John Cesaros of Lincoln Street Woodworks. Their talk is going to be very interesting. There's a lot more stuff going on this year than in the past. So I'm... Um, have higher expectations, but I'm trying to moderate them, you know, yeah. not, 
not not Make treat it like, oh, this is the this is the big Iron Man movie, right? Ooh, let me get all excited. <laughs> you know, it's like, nah, this is probably more of a Fantastic Four movie. It'll be okay, but it'll probably be a lot of disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think the Zep talk is going to be uh, awesome for tool guys or anyone who wants to work with brands and stuff. And uh, John is a pretty good speaker, so him and Izzy linking up i don't know what their talk is going to be on but it at least it'll be interesting yeah john's talk last year about branding and yeah. figuring out what your channel's supposed to be about and being focused was very good yeah so this is your second or you've been how many this will be, this will be third oh, okay so and this year you know I went to the one right before the COVID lockdown and came out of there all energized. I'm going to get my social media going and I'm going to start kicking butt. I got Instagram going, but I was not not doing well in the butt kicking uh, department. And then COVID and I basically wasted two years. And from the last one to now, I'm being very focused, trying to get my Instagram channel very active. Just recently broke a thousand followers, which is nothing to Keith, but to me, it's a big deal. <laughs> I don't have many followers. <laughs> and working on my YouTube channel. So right now, a lot of focus on shorts. Uh, yeah, but you to, can use those across the board, right? Oh, yeah. That's in the, that's exactly what I do. I'll, I'll make shorts and I publish them as reels on Instagram, publish them on YouTube, and I have a DW Wood Builds Facebook account. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's, you know, make once, publish all over the place. I've been watching your tips videos. I like those. Thank you. I'm trying to figure out what my next one's going to be. I always struggle with with how well it's going to turn out and so when somebody says, "Hey, I this was actually helpful," that that's that's nice feedback to hear. Yeah, and I mean, with the talk I hear from everyone with the push with the social media, and I'm not talking Instagram and alone, but all of it, right? They just say, "Put it out there." Eventually, yeah. you'll find focus. And once you put it out there on Instagram or even TikTok, if you put it out there. In, it's in your feed and it's a hundred posts to go. Forget about it. Just post it, another one. Make a new one. The same, like the same shop tip. No one's going to scroll back and be like, "Oh, David did this one before." Let me. Go oh, find I know. It. Well, Grant and them were talking about it right on one of the things they were on. Where they're like, yeah, "Yeah, once you've got a year's worth of material, just start recycling it." Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, why not? Yeah, that was that was a that was a good talk. Him and Chris on. Uh... Making our way, making our way. That was, it was interesting. I had that was good. Listen, it was. YouTube is a little different because that's a search engine, and it's easier to find your old photo, your old videos and stuff. So YouTube, you can't really do it on. But you could remake it, like edit it better. If your shop looks different, do it again, the same thing, and just delete the old one. I don't know if deleting old videos on YouTube affects your channel or not, but it, it does. Uh, All right. So so leave it and then just do a new one. But yeah. Let's be honest. Anything on YouTube over the three years, even if you, people are searching and you're like, Oh, this guy's got two videos on this. They'll probably watch both of them. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, so, your tips may change in two years. You know? Exactly. So, so anyway, trying to work on that, just trying to reach monetization on YouTube right now. Uh, Are you I need closer? to get more serious about long format videos. Is that how you get monetized over there? The yeah. Long yeah. This, this is, it's interesting. So it, for there's two monetization paths right now uh have a thousand followers and four thousand uh long format video hours so that's one path the other one is have 10 million short views in 90 days that's that's a tough one to crack <laughs> Yeah, uh, you. I don't think have, shop tips are going to do it. <laughs> shop tips are not going to cut it. Not going to cut it. Now, if I started dating Lizzo and publishing that as shorts, I would probably reach 10 million views in 90 days. But yeah, that's. I, I don't see anything in my uh, wheelhouse that's going to get there. So, not worrying about that one. Yeah. But. Keep working at it. You'll get there. Oh, yeah. One bite It takes time. time. Yep. Yeah, I'm not much help in the social media side of things. Really? You're such a prolific poster. You would think. I was just looking at it. I, I think it's been a month since the last time I posted. I, uh, I had been monetized on Instagram for a month. I got the per real monetization, so it wasn't per view, and uh, and then they took it away from me. I've heard several people getting monetized on reels on Instagram, and then it's just like, oh, you violated our terms of agreement. You're it, you're done, and it sounds like no key. explanation. It's just, all right, what did I do? No, no. You, no, you, I didn't. You know what you did. <laughs> See, I didn't get, like, I didn't have any violations. Um, they told me when they gave it to me it was a one-month trial. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, so I've been going back and checking it, and uh, I went back now, which what, what, it's the 10th or whatever. And it used to say... Uh, monetization eligible but inactive or i forget what the word it's for and now i'm just eligible again so okay. is your uh, account a personal instagram account or a business instagram account it's a business creator or creator whatever the the mid tier is okay um not a business business i'm a creator account individual business or something I think mine's still personal, so I need to explore upping my game there. All it is is a click. I don't know. That sounds pretty challenging. <laughs> it's finding where to click that's tough. Exactly. It's a tough exactly. one. It's buried. It's buried somewhere. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, I had a couple reels recently go into the tens of thousands, so I think that's what's helping. I'll okay. get back. I'm hoping in March I'm active again. But I don't have the followership that you'd think I would need to get. Uh, what is your followership now, Keith? I thought you were like a couple of grand. Yeah, 2,000, I think. Yeah. So not huge. You know, I'm okay with it. 
You know, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going after 50,000 followers or anything like that. If you like my stuff, follow me. If not, okay. See ya. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I totally understand. I, I get people who start liking my stuff. You know, there's a couple of ways of fishing for follows. You find somebody who's got a bunch of follows. I mean, a bunch of uh, subscribers. You start going through their list of people, right? And you jump on each account. Oh, I like this. I like this. I like this. And you go to the next guy. I like this. I like this. I like this. And then people will be, oh, this person likes my stuff. You know, let me go look at them and see if I'll follow them. That is a known strategy to get people to start following you. I, that seems like a lot of work. It, it's, it's, I, I don't do it. It's like, you know, you come across me, you like my stuff and you want to follow, follow. If you don't, that I'm, whatever if i'm allowed to decide who i follow then you're allowed to decide who you follow so what i've been doing and it's not for follows but just the way i like to view instagram now when i put up a post if i tag something it's obviously something that's related to my post right so i'll go right. into those tags and just just poke around to see what other people are doing and if i like it i double click on it got it i don't go like, I don't, if you follow me, fine, but like, I just like to see what I'm interested in. So I'll, sometimes I'll go to the search feature and type in a hashtag or something and scroll through the feed. But I, I it's not like I'm going through looking for uh, a follow. Um, nine times out of 10, <laughs> because I struggle with making content, I'm right. looking for content inspiration. Like, oh, this guy's doing that. I could do X, Y, or Z after that and then that's what i follow right you know i i have to admit the only times i've actually searched on hashtags is for competitions like make what you fear just to see what other people are doing uh and a couple other competitions just to see what did people like the rock alert two by four challenge just to see what people were doing for that so i i probably need to do better about searching around on things just to see what's going on it's i guess i'm a little bit afraid to i get sucked into reels you know you'll be oh that reel is good you know you start going through reels next thing you know it's like holy crap i've been sitting here for 30 minutes going through reels and have not accomplished anything <laughs> it's the greatest time suck out there yes it is yeah, that's it what is. i try and go like if i'm doing what i just said i'll do that when i'm in like i'm laying in bed waiting to fall asleep I know you're not supposed to have your phone on yet, but we all know we all do it. So that's when I'll be cruising through Instagram. Yeah. So what's up, Tony? I'm actually just looking at the hashtags that I follow <laughs> <laughs> to see what uh, see what I am actually following. And they're mainly us. <laughs> yeah, the hashtags I follow are I followed WFI projects from Work For It podcast because those guys are interesting. It's a lot of knives, though. Um, yeah. I follow Make What You Fear 2023, Maker Camp, Maker Swap. I don't follow the hashtags. I'll just go in and type something in and then click tags, like the hashtag thing. Right. And then I'll go that way. Yeah, I've got, I've got blacksmithing and blacksmith as well. So I've got just a tends to bring up tools and things things of that nature so it does help 
So what, you know, Tony, you know, you, you and I are known for blacksmithing. I'm trying to do more woodworking this year. I've got a laser that I'm playing with. I don't know if you noticed. I'm trying to find something that people don't normally do. That's why I lasered engraved a slice of bread. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, people keep asking me how it tastes. I've not been brave enough to taste it yet. No, I'll just ask Chad about cutting pizza. <laughs> yeah, didn't he say it tasted like uh, burnt hair or something? Oh, it was horrible. Yeah, he said it was horrible. I don't, I don't remember his description, description, but it was, uh, it was bad. I think Dave DIY, three uh, D DIY Dave, said he had lasered some bread and it tastes. Yeah, it was not an experience to repeat. I wonder uh, which why I can it, believe. It I mean, different. the thing is burn. It's not toasting the bread. It's, no, burning, it's burning the bread. Yeah. Hmm. It's just pure carbon. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favorite blacksmithing? I enjoy blacksmithing. Uh, I, I guess it's just more, feel more creative. You're manipulating. It's, I describe it to people as it's like working with clay, clay that's 1800 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> so you can't directly touch it. You, you know, have to figure out ways of holding it and manipulate yeah, that's it. That's actually some, uh, I forget who it was. Uh, is it Ty, Ty Trenton or Trenton Ty? He's a George, he's in Georgia too, I yeah, believe. Purgatory. Yeah, Purgatory Ironworks. Yes, yeah. that's who it is. He uh he described it one time when I was first like he was one of the first guys I really found on YouTube and he describes it as like moving clay. Like he he had that same he said, Go out, grab buy clay and, and try try it that way and see if you can I've seen a few other people have been done um uh, some instructional things with clay and it, it does make a lot of sense for sure. Yeah. I mean, one of the techniques is to buy plasticine since plasticine doesn't dry out, uh, chill it in the refrigerator and then you can so hammer it's a on stiffer. it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and then it's very similar to forging hot metal. Yeah. I have uh, I've had a chunk of plasticine and I've I had have... it for five years and never tried it. <laughs> <laughs> so I have the same thing. I went and bought like, I don't know, say five or it was like five or 10 pounds of it, but it was cheap. So I was like, ah, whatever. It's Amazon bought it, cut some of it up, rolled it out. So that it was like round bar. And that's as far as I got. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it was, it was like, yeah, this will work. And then maybe I can try some things on like how to work tongs or something like that. And then, and I just was like, I'm just going to go to the shop and do it. I got some hat. I got what did I have? Uh, quarter by three quarter flat bar, which is a decent size for tongs for certain things. And I was like, I'm just gonna try it, and then it it worked out. So I was like, Yeah, I'm not gonna bother. Yeah. So what uh, other materials are you guys wanting to get into? Honestly, I'm pretty set on where I'm headed. I. I honestly don't have any want to change mediums in any way. I I'm pretty set on 
being a Smith or turning that into my retirement type project to keep me busy. Keith? What new materials? Yeah. I don't know. I pretty much work with all the materials I think I'd work with. I want to do more with leather. That's funny. I haven't done anything with leather and I'm that's on my list to start playing with this year. I I mean, I have done stuff with leather and I bought all the tools and stuff and I don't use it nearly as much as I should. Uh my wife does it, but I don't know. I just never I should do it, you know, when I'm sitting at inside watching TV and not in the shop, you know. Right. But I don't I don't know why. It's like a I even have a couple of hides of leather here and I still just <laughs> I just never I don't know. I was thinking uh this week I have a camera I use for work. It's like um I don't know, it's just an old Sony, but uh I keep I keep losing the cover for it. So I was like, well, if I'm not, like it's always in a pocket, you know, cuz in the winter time you have a million pockets between coats and sweatshirts and pants and stuff. So I was thinking about making like a little holster for that, like a wet formed holster. So maybe I'll actually get off my ass and do some leather working. That sounds like that would be an interesting project. Yeah. So I watched a couple of Ethan Carter's videos this week on wet forming leather and trying to figure out if I should do it. Regretting not taking his class last weekend. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been. I have some Kydex here, and I have a a, a Leatherman. It's a Swiss Army brand. The the I want. I I lost my my holster for it or whatever, so I need it, and it's poking holes in my coveralls at work. So I've been saying them probably six months now. That I'm like, I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a holster for that. I still haven't done it, but. At some point, that's that's a project I I need to do. So that would be that would be a material I haven't really worked with in a while or ever worked with. It's always I, getting over that hurdle. Oh, sorry, Dave. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Keith. It's getting over that hurdle. Like I have a chair that I'm refinishing, and I got leather to reupholster it with. And I don't know anything about reupholstering a chair. You know, I don't have what what the pattern should have been so it kind of sits there and i feel like if i don't do that project why am i touching any other leather you know you get it you know there there's youtube university they have all kinds of courses on <laughs> reupholstering chairs <laughs> yeah i know i know one day what were you gonna say i was gonna ask how do you form or shape kydex tony um, you heat it actually. It's kind of, it's like a plastic or that's the best material I can akin it to. And you heat it to, I, I don't know the temperature. It's not very warm. Like would a one, heat gun work? I think some people do use a heat gun, but most of the time they do it and try to do it in an even heat, like on a, in a, well, as even as a toaster oven would be, but and then um, you get, um, it's almost like neoprene, like these thick neoprenes that are like, 
pads that are, I don't know, over an inch thick. I have, I have all that. I have it all here. I just have to make up a Kydex press. And that's all it is, is you have two layers of that. I'm going to call it neoprene is probably something different. And then you put, you probably back it with plywood and then you, you just press it down to the two halves together and then whatever. It's the same as the, the wet molding you would with, with leather is just done with a, a hot material. Got it. But it's not like you're not burning anything. Like you can move it around by with bare hands, kind of thing. It's not okay. Not like gloved up or anything. So, yeah, uh, that that's pretty reasonable. Yeah, the, the its ease of entry is pretty. Like it's is pretty. Uh, is it expensive? Uh, you know what? It's been so long since I picked it up. I I don't remember, but I don't think it was. I don't think it was outrageous and that I was, was just, I, I that's some of the stuff i got from maritime there a while back i was just thinking as you were talking um it'd be cool to make uh not necessarily like for a knife holder or something but like in a drawer like do something where you heat it and make indentations for your tools to hold it all in place as opposed to carving it out of wood or something Almost like vacuum form? Yeah, like a reverse vacuum form. Gotcha. That would be interesting. I think I want to try that now. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out of the podcast so no one steals my reel. Yeah. I'm making a video tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren ships pretty fast. I think I could get it down here before, before, before this hours. <laughs> Thank you, Maritime. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I mean that all that all started when I wanted to start making knives and I thought about doing it and then that's been deflated so <laughs> at some point I'll get after it but wow, you're in the arctic freeze right now, right? Yeah, that's part of the problem right now like we're well, actually it's warm it's what we consider warm right now. We're in like in around 30, 32 degrees, so we're right around that zero mark for us. It was t-shirt weather here in Jersey today. Yeah, it was not. I was out with my snowblower today, so that was that was a mess. That sucks. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> Do you know what a snowblower Says is? That's the guy in Georgia with no snow. <laughs> Do you own a snowblower? I have not had any need for a snowblower since I lived in New Jersey. So I lived in, left New Jersey in 94. So I lived in New Jersey from 89 to 94. I worked for Bell Labs. Oh, nice. And how? Uh, I was in Homedale and then over Homedale, that's town. it. Homedale. Yeah. Where'd you live? Uh, lived in a couple of places. Uh, lived in Freehold, uh, Tom's River, Sea something or other, north Seaside? of Red Bank. Oh, Seager. uh, Landcroft. Oh, we nice. moved every year, it was aggravating. <laughs> <laughs> Bell Labs is now uh, just a regular office building and shopping center. Uh, you're talking about Homedale? Yeah, Bell Labs and Homedale. 
Yeah. Remember, the Labs has lots of buildings. So there was Homedale, Red, uh, Middletown, Red Bank. Uh, oh, what's the other one further up north? Bridge. Bridgewater. Yeah. And then there's a couple, several other buildings. But whenever, you know, the spinoff with Lucent, a bunch of that stuff went over to Lucent. Hmm. Those were the good times. Yeah. Ma Bell. <laughs> so what about you, Keith? You know, you mentioned leather. Anything else? Um, no, I want to try more sheet metal work this year. See if I can get into any of that. Oh. So you're going to talk to Chris? And see, oh, I can't English will and uh... no, no, no. I can't do the type of sheet metal work he does. I got a long way to go before I get to that level. Uh, no, nah, just bending stuff up, making it usable for other stuff. Nothing, right. something like a small press break or something. Yeah, just to screw around with here. Maybe yeah. a bead roller, um, just to make panels for and to like furniture sides or something to give it a little extra detail other than just wood that type of thing right that uh yeah you could you could make panels for a jeep i mean they're just square i'm gonna buy the panels for the jeep when i weld them in i'm not uh, you could make them out of kydex (laughs) yeah i tell you what there's nothing there now there's nothing to mold it around so uh yeah, I'm just going to buy those and burn them in. You going to take any more welding courses? Eventually, yeah. Uh, but not in the near future. I want to, uh, I'm saving up. I want to buy a TIG machine, so. Ah, uh, that's a big step. Yeah, I hate Meg. I love TIG, so. <laughs> That's because you had a $30,000 TIG machine you were playing with. Oh, that's the tip TIG. That thing was amazing. Uh, but no, I'm I'm actually better with the TIG than I am with a MIG. I can't. I think the MIG is like, I don't know. Your pace your pace is different with the with the two machines. Yeah. MIG yeah. is production, fast, get it, get it done, get it gone. I like the TIG, ballet of TIG. You know, TIG is much hands. much slower. I mean, you can still move along with it, but it's it's definitely a slower-paced weld. Than... Well, they've got a... Who is it? Fournier? Fournier? It's ta- Fournier. the Italian comp- welding equipment company. They were demonstrating at Fabtech a auto-feed TIG welder. So you don't have yeah, to hand-feed like a... the wire. It feeds for you, and it uses a... Uh, sets up an electric current through the wire yeah. so and it measures the resistance so if you're not close enough it will feed the wire and then if you get too close it slows it down or stops so yeah. uh, Justin Voss who'd never used it before they handed it to him and he did one practice weld in front of everybody and then he set up a piece on the uh Oh, what's the thing that rotates the piece? So if you're welding pipe, 
something, you know, right. like that. Just a rotator, yeah. Yeah, rotating and welded a perfect bead all the way around. Second time he used it. The machine yeah, was a tip tig. that good controlling the wire. I think tip tig is the first one to come out with that. The brand tip tig. I, I don't know, Keith. And I used one of those at class. And that's how I welded up my uh, revolution. That thing okay. is amazing. There's crazy technology. They were also, does Stephanie and them, do they, uh, Underground Metalworks, do they have one of the laser welders yet? Not when I was there. Um, but I doubt, I doubt it. Only because, you know, she's teaching like career welders. I don't know. Right. If, yeah. Uh, so they had a, the guys that had that were, had it demoed and had it set up. And that was like a freaking glue machine. You know, people talk about, oh, MIG is like welding with hot metal glue. Now, this laser welder was, people were going there, never done any welding before. And like, zip, there you go. Perfect weld on thin material, very thin material. That's all that's for, though, at at the moment, right? It's just for doing sheet metal. Sheet metal, uh, a buddy of mine works for a company that, does expensive uh, stove hoods. Okay. And before they were having to TIG weld it all together and it would take, you know, days. They got one of these things. They said we could knock it out in, in what would take days before we could knock out easily in a single day or half a day. It's wow, dumb, stupid, easy to do. Are they expensive? Uh it depends on how you define expensive. <laughs> they're, they're thousands of dollars. Well, so is a TIG machine. I know, but I think, I'm not exactly sure what the price is. It's, it's changing. But when you look at the what it was costing production-wise before with TIG and how much faster you can this thing is, it'll pay for itself pretty quickly in the right work environment. Yeah. They seem cool. I've only ever seen them on Instagram, but it it looks pretty wild. Yeah. Wait uh, until they up the power on those, and they're welding structural steel with that. It's gonna put a lot of people out of work. <laughs> there's gonna reach the the part part of the problem with the laser stuff. We were seeing thirty thousand kilowatt, forty kilowatt lasers being demoed right these things were zipping through two inch steel like it's nothing hmm. uh, which was not a not a, even a thing five years ago uh, you know, it was crazy. all plasma cutting the problem is things are getting in an industrial setting this is all enclosed in a box right there's it's set up to be safe you already saw Chad's 40-watt diode laser demo, right? Mm. They're already, you know, you know the CO2 lasers, but CO2 lasers are usually in an enclosure. I'm waiting to start seeing the homeowner 40-watt diode laser. Yep, killed his cat. <laughs> you know, blinded his son. You know, I don't, people are not taking this stuff very powerful lasers are in the home environment i just don't think people really appreciate how dangerous they are uh yeah we'll see um 
I come from a software testing background, so I'm always looking for how things can go horribly wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're if you're in industry industry long enough, like like myself, like the I can remember what I would be okay with at twenty versus what I'm okay with at forty is very different after being in industry for a long period of time and and seeing what can happen. So. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed even myself on rooftops, I don't go on the sketchy stuff anymore, climbing ladders and water tanks and stuff to get up to different areas. Yeah, Just, yeah. Nope. Not doing it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, nothing like watching uh, ladder fails on YouTube to get you a good appreciation. Don't even <laughs> tell me crazy that's stuff there. That I, yeah, I've never looked at it. I climb ladders that are well, nothing like Keith because he's up higher. But in the towers at work, they can be a couple hundred feet. So, yeah, if there's anything sketchy, I don't do it because there's no there's no fail safe on a single ladder going up the side of a side of a column. I oh, saw. Yeah. A, a video this week on Instagram somebody sent me of one of those uh the boom jigs where you get on the little platform on the boom arm like the mini, like what are they called jib cranes or something Is that what they're the, like the JLGs yeah like the JLGs like the genies yeah i got yeah. you so it's just a guy and he's like video himself like at at lunch or something you can tell he's like on the job working and he just gets up and starts running and the camera finally Paul's over and another one had fallen and hit one with two guys on it. Oh god. And it it got it I guess it like backs down like a little embankment on the side of the road and then the two guys come out as it as it leans over, but it doesn't go over. So they just come out. Luckily they were wearing out their harnesses, but they're just like dangling from that. Yeah, I think I've seen that video. Yeah. Yeah. It's like wow. All in the blink of an eye, you know. It's yeah. like if they if those guys had just unclipped for that split second, they would have been Yeah. In in worse shape than I'm sure they are now. Oh yeah. But it, yeah. even with the harness, it did not look like it was uh okay, <laughs> okay mishap. Those guys got hurt, I'm sure. Oh yeah. There's a lot of them. Well, I mean I don't, I don't go ahead, Tony. That that harness is meant to save your life, not to keep you in hundred percent health. <laughs> right. There's a very different, uh, um, cause like we've been trained for it. Cause I've, as part of work, I'm on the, uh, emergency response team. So I'm part of high angle rescue. We have the harnesses that you can sit in for hours and like do high angle things and repel off towers and do all that kind of stuff. Um, not that we do it, we, we don't, we don't get too cowboy with anything, but the fall arrest harnesses are meant to catch you, not comfortably, <laughs> meant to catch you. Um, and you have about 15 minutes of hang time before you start losing legs. Yeah. You're losing limbs. And then when you, when that happened, like an injury like that happens and you know, you may not survive it cause it's. It's pretty pretty de- devastating injury. Yeah, not to be all doom and gloom, but it's there is a big big difference. <laughs> I got a cousin of mine. He does. Uh, he's in my industry, but he's on on the more of the construction side. 
and he left his job doing what I do, like on rooftops and stuff. And he moved over to a power company. So now he's doing antennas on top of power towers, like the high, the high power lines. I'm like you are nuts, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. No way would I do that. Oh yeah. I work for a major telecommunications company. I'm in management. So every five years, the union contract comes up for renewal. And we have to go through what's called contingency training to fill in if there's a strike. So I get to trained as a plain-owned telephone service repairman. And part of that training is ladder safety, how to put a ladder on a telephone pole, how to put a ladder on the side of a building, how to put ladder on strand. And part of the training is, all right, you're working on a pole with high powered lines on it so here's your gloves here's how to test the gloves you know and there's the demo where like they poked have a glove with this little bitty pinprick hole in it and they put a hot dog in it put it over where you know the power line is and the hot dog is like cooked instantly and i'm like that's nice yeah, i am right. not doing that <laughs> i am not doing that uh yeah yeah nope Nope, nope. You can be mad at me, but I am not doing I'll that. go on strike two. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, that stuff's scary. Yeah, that's one thing I've, like, the industry I work in is all, like, petrochemical. And I can deal with anything, hydrocarbon, anything like gasoline, diesel. That stuff doesn't bother me. Acids. Electricity? No. That's a hard no. I'm very, very, when it comes to that stuff, I'm very, I slow down a lot. Like I'm making sure everything's good. And if I'm doing anything, I make like when we do our lockout stuff, like I make sure we've got an electrician around because it doesn't make sense to just go, yeah, I think we're good. No, no, you test it. You make sure it's good before you let somebody work on it. Oh, yeah. Cause that's part of our, our job is to, we prep things for maintenance crews to work on. So the buck's supposed to stop at us. So we have, we have to bring in, you know, all the bodies necessary, all the subject matter experts as they call it. Um, and to make sure that everything's safe. So that's, yeah. Electricity is one thing I, I don't screw around with cause we have 600 volt, 2400 volt and 4800 volt for just our motors that are in the plant yep. so 600 volt will throw you and i don't want to know what 2400 and 4800 will do to a human body incinerate you yeah well yeah. the boys were the boys were flash gear for the 2400 and up so and <laughs> when I, yeah when i'm at work and we're in the electric rooms and and we're doing inspections or uh, pre-build walk or anything and they start opening those cabinets i'm like hold on and i just leave the room I'm like i don't want one guy getting bit by it and reaching over and grabbing me i have nothing <laughs> to do i have nothing to do with inside that cabinet you guys can open it once i get my photo and leave um, yeah i'm not sticking around for that so this this goes back to the my younger days when i was oh i might have been 20 21 at the time I was working at a plant 
and this was well before I ever even knew what a refinery was. This was I was working in a cookie factory of all things. And we were putting the breaker in and we had we had hired an outside contractor electrician to come in. He did it live on the buzz bar. So the plant we couldn't shut down the plant. He was putting a two hundred amp breaker in. Two twenty live. So he he put it in, he had this the screw on the screwdriver and he put the screw in and did it all live, just kept his hand back on the insulated part of the screwdriver. But at the same time, this is this is what made me realize that I need to learn more about electricity. He's like, yeah, so you stand here in case I get hit, and then you're going to kick me to make sure I get off the, off the uh, panel so that I'm not getting electrocuted anymore. He's like, <laughs> okay, sure thing. And he, like, when I was 20 years old, I was like a just about 200 pounds and the guy that was the electrician was probably closer to three and i'm thinking what am i i can't i'm not gonna you're frozen to the bus bar and i'm supposed to give you a boot so that you electricity lets go of you yeah we're both we're both dead so and it, it was one of the things in the moment i was like freaked out and then afterwards i was like angry and then realized i needed to to learn a little bit more about electricity and and since I've learned a fair bit more, but it was just it's one of those moments when you're a kid, you're just like, wow, I'm surprised someone older than me asked me to do that. What about you, Keith? Any, when you were I, growing up, do anything that was dangerous? Oh, yeah. I got plenty of those stories. <laughs> plenty. You had, a, you had a buddy named Shotgun Al. Come on. Yeah. Uh, but getting back to the all these panels in New York City, the freight elevators used to like when they installed them way back in the day, it was all DC motors and DC power and these huge open exposed, like big switches. You'd see like, like the Frankenstein movie. Right. But bigger than that, like it would take like like tony to move it you know like a big guy you know <laughs> huge things and you'll, you'll go in these basements and there's like i don't know like like the blades that, that the throw switch i don't know the toggle would go into are, are like sticking out like a foot they're huge and <laughs> it, it's it's big switches you know and i was in one and i've seen a few and um I was in one building and the one guy goes, when we go into the next room, do not trip. Right. He's like, I know you got a backpack on, you're holding tools, whatever. Don't trip. I'm like, why? Right. <laughs> he opens the door and along the one wall are all those switches. Right. And he goes, our DC elevators are still in use. So all that is just live. Like for, I don't know, 30 feet, we had to walk down like this one little corridor. And he's like, if you fall into it, you're a goner. There's nothing you can do. It's just a wall of open contacts. <laughs> wall of open contacts, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, uh And I had seen him before, and I'm like, are they active a lot of places? He's like, no, but you should always treat it as if it is. It's New York City. You don't know what's live, what's... Right. Like, it could be backfed from a different line. Like, even if they switched over to AC... It could be backfed into there. And I was like, oh, man, this 
not my take. A, so all a all those horror movies are are correct when you see a big wall of, <laughs> of switches and somebody gets thrown into them and they just get fried. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they're live, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Wow. When I was uh, my father owned a coal mine, so I grew up in rural Kentucky, and I would work for him in the summers. And being summer labor, right, a.k.a. untrained labor. Uh, <laughs> We've all been there. Right. So I would be, you know, if there was, you know, it was all uh, pit mining. So if there had been rain, part of the pit would be, you know, three feet of water. So I'd be the guy that would drag the suction hose out, you know, 50 feet into the water up to my waist, to get it placed, and then have wet boots all, all the rest of the day. But... uh what I normally did was explosives. So mining operations use what's called AMFO, ammonium nitrite fuel oil. Untrained labor in the summer? Yep. <laughs> How yep. old were you? <laughs> That's not relevant. <laughs> no, no, no. How old are you now? How old were you at the time? That's not relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that. I, I let's just say statue, I was still I think, in high school. <laughs> I think the statute of limitations is over on this one. I was 14. So I was 14 years old, driving a ton and a half truck, uh, stick shift with 50 pound bags of ammonium nitrate uh, mixed with fuel oil and primers and electrical blasting caps. <laughs> <laughs> and setting it all up, wiring it all up, and and then at the end of the day, I got to push the button and oh man, move I've, a thousand I've, tons of dirt in two seconds. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to keep laughing at your story, but it, it, all I can hear is back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, that yeah, that would be how much? How much? Do you still have old how many? Yeah. Oh, oh, believe me, if anything went wrong, seriously wrong, we wouldn't be here having a conversation. Yeah. Uh, so. Wow, that's crazy, man. The biggest danger, I mean, it's not as dangerous as, as the movies make it out. Everything's pretty safe. It's not like working with nitroglycerin or anything like that. No, the, no. The stuff is super stable. You could take a primer and take a hammer and beat whale on it, and it's not going to go off. Ammonium nitrate, you could set on fire and it just sat there and burn. Uh, it's only when it's in compression that you get an explosion. But yeah, my, my father had, had. Go ahead. My my father at one point in time was licensed to uh, as a blaster, and he could. Mm-hmm. He had like a small license, so he could detonate ten sticks at a time. And I can remember. Um, he would use it because he was in the in the forestry business and they would use it to to get rid of beaver dams right beavers would come in dam dam it up and then they take out a roadway or something and they'd be like they gotta go so they they do things like that and that was years and years ago and i can remember him getting rid of old stuff and that's what they did with it was they burnt it the only thing that made a pop or any kind of noise or did anything remotely explosive was the caps. Right. They would, they would pop, but that was it when he was burning them. Right. Yeah. The only thing we really had to worry about was, uh, a blowout 
So when you're filling these, these holes are all drilled vertically. You would, you know, depending on the depth, that's how much ammonium nitrate you'd pour in, you know, with a primer and a cap, and then backfill it with dirt so that it's not like a cannon going off, right? Yeah, but you want the pressure to go down. Exactly. You want to hold yeah. it all in. But if you screwed up and let's say you put too much in for the over cover and then it goes off, you get a what is referred to as rock rain. Uh <laughs> And we, we had a few rock rain incidents, which, uh, how many windshields did you have to replace? I didn't have to replace anything. <laughs> that wasn't my problem, <laughs> but that's just put under one time I was under a bulldozer and I was glad I was under a bulldozer because there was rocks falling all around. Your stories are better than my horror stories. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was that's that was back, you know. Things were a little different back then. I remember when I was younger, I was working for an electrician and I was wiring up all the outlets, you know. Everything was wired. I just yeah. had to hook up all the outlets in this new construction building. And I kept going to the guy, I was like, "Is the breaker off?" And his response to every time I asked was, um, "Always treat it as if it's not, you know. Always treat it as live. Always treat it as live." One wire at a time. That's what he would tell me all the time. Sure enough, I got bit. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, you son of a bitch, you told me it was off. And he goes, no, I told you to treat it as if it was live. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I go by that mantra too. Like even when I'm doing like my residential stuff, like if I'm changing out a plug or something like that, I'm, I don't, I never grab the like the copper part of the wire i i always try and do it with a with a pair of pliers even though i know and i've tested it i i test them i make sure everything's dead i just i just don't i, I i've been <laughs> i've been snapped too many times and i just was like no i'm done with this so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna tell a story about uh an electricity story i think you all and people will find humorous so a buddy of mine, uh, when he was a kid, he and a bunch of other kids were playing, and this farmer came out and said, you know, you kids need to be careful that that fence there is an electric fence. And they're like, oh, okay. And then the farmer, like, you know, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, whatever, whatever. And the farmer says, look, if one of you will pee on that fence, I'll give you a dime. Now, this was several years ago. A dime was significant money to a kid. And all the kids are like, oh, heck no. But my buddy's like, a dime? Oh, yeah, I'm taking this deal. So he pulls down his pants and lets loose. And now electric fence pulses. It's not on constantly. Yeah. It's usually about a three-second, you know, off period and then a pulse and then three seconds off. So he starts peeing on the fence. Like, yeah, this is no problem. Then the pulse hit. <laughs> and he says the muscles just clench tight. He says, you know, you know, guys know, right? If you try to shut off the flow, it hurts. Imagine <laughs> your muscles just clamping tight and shutting off the flow. He says he fell over in agony. Just It was just excruciating. And he says the farmer like, felt so bad he gave him a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't 
I can confirm that hurts like a son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so we 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 had cattle when I was when I was young. Dad had a bit of a hobby farm, and I can remember grabbing the line and doing that, but never never got brazen enough to pee on it. <laughs> You know what? What else we used to do was we used to have like the grass would grow, and it would ha- I don't know what type of grass this was, but it would have like these like little puffs at the end, like a long thin puff of I don't know seeds, some grass seeds or something. Yeah. And when that would dry out in the dead of the summer, you could take that when it was kind of wet but kind of dying and put it on there. And if you did it right, you could get it to like zap on there like you were controlling the electricity we used to do that all the time every now and then it would come back through your arm and, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh yeah oh yeah yeah we we had done the uh the daisy chain where the first person would grab it like we'd all grab one person would grab the line and you'd all touch each other and it would hit the last person always hit the last you know, you know who's always the last one it was me. Everyone would grab, they grab me, and then each grab each other and grab the line. Yeah, that may explain a lot, Keith. Yeah, <laughs> siblings are bastards. When you're the youngest, you get uh... <laughs> you get a hard shell, is what you're saying, Keith. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Keith. laughs> uh, you're struck me. by lightning. Three, three, three times. <laughs> if anyone gets that reference, I'll give you a dollar. Oh, man. Well, if y'all started thinking about your uh, Maker's Camp exchange item. I'm thinking about it, yeah, because I want to start it early this year. I want to be the wow on the table. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Yeah, I've, I haven't I decided had, yet, but I had my idea uh, when we left. I had I had a I had an idea what I wanted to do, um, and I've actually done kind of a trial run. I made the same project and gave it away as a Christmas gift, much less extravagant. I want to make something that's a little bit more. A little bit more detailed, a little bit, uh, a little bit more refined. So that's kind of where I'm. That's what I'm trying to do with this one: is not just make the basic item, is to make the item, but make it just a little more pop to it, kind right. of thing. You figure out what you're putting in this year. Yeah, I'm kicking around ideas. You know, last year I forged the steak flipper and meat fork from a. You know, railroad spike yeah. with the uh, Rubik's twist, which I was very happy with how those turned out. But I'm like, all right, I'm like, what can I do to outdo myself? And I, I think everybody is thinking that way, right? It's like, all right, I did this last year. This next year's got to be something better. Uh, and nothing is. Nothing is like really jumping at me saying this is the project. So I'm still still trying to figure that out. Yeah. So question, you all see all the projects, right? How would you say last year, the level of wow factor last year compared to the year before, you know, the previous year? 
you see everything getting that wow factor going up or you, it's sort of holding steady? Uh, I, I think it went mm-hmm. up. I think the, the number of smaller items went down this year compared to last. I felt like a lot of people did up their game from what the year before. And I, I think it's just going to continue from that. Yeah. I think it's one of those things like um, people who haven't experienced being a part of it bring something and then they see what else was brought. And it's like, whoa. Right. You know what I mean? There's that, uh, <laughs> should I even enter this aspect to it? But I don't know. I hope I hope the value keeps going up to it. I hope the wow factor keeps going You're up. On. That's what I'm expecting. I, I think everybody that participates, how to put this, we see each other's stuff, right? And you're like, wow, I thought my stuff was good, but this guy's stuff is just astounding. Right. And that's the idea is what to show off whatever level yeah. you're at, show off your level. Yep. I think you hit the thing, though. You're the level that you're yep. at, right? So if your level is, hey, I made. You know, I took cork and lasered, you know, made them into coasters and lasered, you know, Maker Camp 2023 on it. If that's the level you're at, more power to you. All right. But if you're Leah Arapot, <laughs> yeah, you know, then, then, then there's a little bit higher expectation. Uh, not that I'm saying Leah should bring uh, a $6,000 sculpture again. Uh but yeah, it, it's yeah. There's a definite. It should be based on where you're at in your in your journey. Right. I agree. That's what we hope for. Yeah. I'd hate to see somebody who has a high level show up with something simple. So what you all's big the rest of the year? I mean, after the, after this challenge, are there other things that you're all shooting for, or is it just the next big thing is making? I got so much on my list. I don't know what I don't know yeah. what I'll pull the trigger on <laughs> first. I want to build a shed. I want to build a desk. I got to redo some rooms in the house. Um, I got to build some cabinets. I got a lot going on. Your cabinets are those like shop cabinets or in the in the house everybody sees them cabinets yes <laughs> so okay. um i have cabinets in my laundry room which i'm not happy with so uh i'm either going to buy or build cabinets for that and then take those cabinets out to the shop so you're going to build floating panel cabinets or are you going for something similar? Simpler? No, probably floating yeah. panel cabinets. Okay. Those but the taller nice. I mean, they're all above the, uh, above the washer and dryer, so I want the tall ones right. all the way to the ceiling. I hate that gap above it. So. Got it. Can you see that? No, oh, that's the problem. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I have the same problem. I'm going to have to do one of those library ladders in there so I can get to the top. <laughs> library ladder to the washer. Beauty and the Beast <laughs> moment in my laundry room. 
Oh man. Yeah, I'm supposed to build. Don't record uh, that. Oh, you got to record that. <laughs> I'm supposed to build a uh, built-in book cases and stuff in in one of the rooms this year. And that one's got me. That's going to be a challenge for me. That's going to be pushing pushing my skills. You'll get there. Oh yeah. It just um, I know I'll get there. It's just how much expensive plywood will I destroy mm-hmm. <laughs> in mm-hmm. the journey? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's also one of those things where, uh, since it's in the house, like you only have so much time to get it done. Like, because yep. it's in your way, so you got to have it planned out, thought out, prepped, ready, and then go and fix your mistakes quick, and fix them to a level that's not going to piss you off when you have to look at it every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's one project for myself. I I'm still working on the kind of a woodworking room, but more of like a home renovation space just so I can, you know, go down and cut a board and not have to set up a chop saw every time or set up a table saw. I'm trying to get a space just so I have those two items ready to roll. Makes It'll make life a lot easier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have to, anytime I'm doing any woodworking, I got to drag it outside, do it, and drag everything back inside. Makes It's hard to get motivated sometimes because of that yeah well i mean I, I do have my four and five days off but when you have to dig out a 50 pound chop saw and then drag that out of the garage and move vehicles around it then becomes like ah the hell with it. i'm going to the gym well it's the same <laughs> for me like i have a shop but if i have to cut something big on the table saw i have to move the mower out so i have enough room on the other side of the table saw, so I got to move the table saw. So if it's not nice weather, I can't do anything. Yeah, but it's on wheels. We're talking about actually having to. Pick I was up there in my old house. I used to have to drag everything out of the basement in order to do it. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to move everything into the basement so I can do <laughs> do my work down there. That's a challenge. So we have for the uh, make what you fear. We the cutoff is what midnight February twenty eighth. Yep. So your post because we'll check it on the first. Your post, and I don't know how Instagram works, but it has to say February twenty eighth or or earlier for it to count. Right. So when we're scrolling on ours, if it says March first doesn't count right so don't wait till the right. last minute i don't know how instagram calculates that date is it where you live where you post it i don't know that's a good question yeah so don't leave it till last yeah. minute yeah maybe right. post around eight o'clock on february 20 <laughs> Well, I'm East Eastern time. At so least that, lines that up with it. Should yeah. help. Yeah. But yeah. So we have a couple sponsors for that. We should probably run through. 
Maritime's given us a hundred dollar gift card. Sabretooth has given us um, uh, the Sabretooth burrs, a bunch of those. O'Keefe's Working Hands has given us Working Hands cream and hand soap. Calavera Toolworks has given us a leather belt. Uh, High Caliber Craftsman gave us a, is given out a pen. Ethan Carter Designs has given out an Exacto leather wrapped Exacto knife. Um, Gnome Hammer Forge is a three pound hammer of your choice. I'm missing one. What is the ring name? Um, so their Instagram is less fat dad. Less fat dad is their Instagram. Yeah. With underscores between each, between each word. Yeah. They've got, uh, um, two rings and they are a choice off of their website. So if you find less fat dad, go through his Instagram, you'll find a link to their website and then you could see what they have as, as, uh, Available. If you don't know what we're talking about when we say make what you fear, it's a challenge we put on. It is make anything this year's prompt is to make anything in the active or fitness lifestyle that you want to make. Um, we have people making all sorts of stuff from camping gear to workout gear to pedal powered tools to pedal powered cars to... <laughs> Uh, sports equipment. There's a lot of pedal You can make power anything, a hiking stick, uh, uh, a platform for your shoes, a bag for your shoes. Whatever you feel comfortable saying is in the active and fitness lifestyle, it's probably, it's probably okay. Um, you can make it out of any material you want. Uh, just put it in there. Should be fun. It already is fun. You just oh, spent yeah. the first fifteen minutes giving me giving me shit about not having <laughs> yeah, mine I'm done. Enjoying every moment of that. Yeah, I know you're loving it. I, I'm looking forward to seeing Ed Johns's pedal car. Yeah, I was just talking to him before we got on here. He's going to spend all day tomorrow, so he's at the point now where I think he's going to make like strides in progress. Where you're going to see some cool stuff. He should have a rolling chassis sometime tomorrow, and then. Uh, this week he'll start putting the body panels on. Yeah, that that chat, what he's doing, really has my interest. It's I'm really enjoying watching his progress he's, and giving him crap for his <laughs> welding. <laughs> he's one of those guys who goes all out. Yeah, I have oh, no yeah. right welding, but I'm going to weld this thing together. You know? Yeah. He could have made something so much smaller. Yeah, he goes way overboard. Um. Should be good. It looks like First Two's making some pretty cool stuff over there, like a rack for all of his gear. I don't know if you saw that. He started posting about that yesterday. I was sharing his stories. Yeah, I saw the... Returning uh, champs, I fear I mentioned. The, the uh, template there. Should definitely be uh, some interesting entries coming in soon. We got what eighteen days as we record this. I don't know as this releases. Uh, was that four days from now? So we got about fourteen days left. Is this release on Valentine's Day? Is that Wednesday or Tuesday? I think Tuesday. 
We release on the 15th. So you will have... 13... 13, 13 days. days. Two weekends. You get two weekends to finish your project. Plenty of time. Unless, of course, you're going to make like 9,000 things like our friend David here. <laughs> Only 7,000. Oh, thousand. sorry. 7,000. Oh. Yeah. Uh, what do you think we uh, we thank our patrons, Tony? Yes, we will do that. I have uh, we or not I, we have a new one this week, but we'll save him for last. We'll go through our list here. We have Corey of Odyssey CNC, the Etsy Boys, Christy of Twisted Twine, Annette of Five One Three Woodworks, Full Steam Designs by Chris Powell. Lillian Archer Photography, David Beckwith Makes, NB Woodfinery. In our top tier, we have Eastbroke Studios, Danelle Smith Christian, Brian Drennan, Lawrence Maritime Nice Supply.com, Ed Johns of ButtJoints.com, Adam of Uncle Sam Metalworks, Green Street Joinery, Vincent Ferrari of Digitally Creative, Brian Housefort of Workfort Podcast, Archigino Sorio, Matt of Wooden Mustache. Brent of Clean Cut Woodworking. David, or David. <laughs> David's the next line, that's why. Brad of Brad's Customs. David and Joanna of Wido Works. Chad of Chad's Custom Creations. Ryan of Gnome Hammer Forge. David of DW Wood Builds. Matt of First Do Construction. And then our new one this week is Max of Camp Arrowhead. So well, thank you, everyone. We really do appreciate it. It does help help us in a lot of yes, ways thank here. Thank you all. I think we uh, head on over to the after show. After We're going to head over to the after show. You can get that by being a patron. If you could uh, rate and review the show, five stars is always appreciated. If you leave a review, I will, uh, if it's five stars, I'll read it out. Read your name. You can write whatever you want. I'll read it. I have no shame. Um, but yeah, if you want to find our guest tonight, David, at DW Wood Builds on Instagram, I believe it's DW Wood Builds on YouTube. There's a space between DW Wood and a space between Wood and Build. Um, you on TikTok? Not yet, but I am oh, on Facebook, Facebook at DW Wood Builds. Uh, it would be terrible if I didn't mention he's the one who started the pencil sharpening trend. We don't want to really talk about it, but that's our fearless leader <laughs> in that realm. Um, if you want to find Tony, you can find him at uh, Woodland Iron. I'm at Blackthorn Concepts. Both of us can be found at Working Hands Podcast on Instagram or Working Hands 3 on TikTok. And um, so we head on over to the after show. Later.